You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. CFL podcast, the special Wisconsin edition. My name is Oz Davis. So I'll be your co-host for the show. And joining me from Wisconsin, as always, is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, how's it going up there? Uh, if I knew that this was a special Wisconsin edition, I'd have brought some cheese curds along. <laughs> Word up. The uh, I'm actually making a poutine for dinner tonight. The uh, I'm just calling it the Wisconsin edition because later on in the show, we'll have Kevin Holden, the sports director at CBS 58 in Milwaukee and uh, a buddy of Joe's. Yes, yes. Uh, we actually met face to face for the first time about, I want to say, 10 days ago, uh, actually after a Sabre meeting I attended, which is uh, a baseball nerd uh, group, if no, if uh, people haven't heard of it. Uh, but of course, the term Sabre metrics is coined off of that uh, off of that group. So I was indulging in another one of my passions and he happened to be in town and actually didn't live all that far away from where we were meeting. So we finally got to meet face to face after, I want to say, like, four and a half years of talking CFL, playing fantasy football, and it, it was nice to see him, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. I'm super jealous. I think I probably could have kept up better with the Sabre folks when I was a kid because my mind was a lot sharper, especially with the mathematics, uh, but I'm pretty jealous. I mean, I one of these days I want to go to one of those or the basketball one that they have. Um, with the updated, you know, methods of keeping stats, because I'm a serious stat guy. But let me ask you this. What does Sabre mean? Uh, it's a Society for American Baseball Research. Ah, and thank a lot you. Of, and a lot of people will associate it simply with the stats, but it's all about anything to do with mm-hmm. baseball history. Mm-hmm. Uh, telling stories. Uh, we had the the local Milwaukee Brewers beat writer in signing a copy of his book uh, that was that was just released, uh, told some stories about last year's team, and that was basically the whole meeting. So uh, I didn't have to pop a calculator out or pull out my phone to check any stats. It was talking baseball. Yeah. And people that like – and, you know, we like to talk football. Every once in a while I have to indulge my other passion too and talk baseball <laughs> with people, and uh, that's my outlet for that. But uh, we'll, we'll save that for uh, some other time as far as getting too much deeper into that and let's get the football because it sounds like we've got some stories to tell this week yeah yeah that we better get to the football because that might degenerate into the basketball as well so in any case uh all right so uh the ruse white and blue is back to the weekly format because hey it's almost june yet we're bearing down on the season and we've got a few headline stories this week of course there's lots of general I don't want to say noise, but just sort of general news stories going around about releases or signing draft picks or whatnot. Uh, camps have started this week as well. I should say for the record that we're recording this on the 15th. Uh, that's a Wednesday of May. And uh, the reason why I want to note that is because probably our top story is this. 
Uh, and this was listed as breaking news as we're recording this. I'll even give you the whole story because the story is nice and short. It's about a paragraph and a half long. Here it is. The CFL and the CFLPA have reached a tentative agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement subject to ratification by the players and approval of the league's board of governors. The CFL will have no further comment until those steps have been completed. So... Joe and I did a show last week, and we talked before the show about mainly, you know, discussing this CFL Players Association agreement, and we decided no because we didn't want to sound like idiots. So, basically, Joe, I think this press release is the perfect solution. I think so. I mean, we, don't, we don't really need to screw up details or facts no. to sound like idiots. Uh, so we'll save we'll save uh, we'll save the screwing up because uh, things can change. It's still things haven't been ratified. There is some excellent reporting out there. If you're picking this up uh, either Thursday or Friday this week, uh, I believe Farhan Lalji had a lot about the details. But until it's ratified, things are always subject to change. So I'd rather not have uh, us put our foot in our mouths about things. But some of the ideas were. It sounded like uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I think we'll wait until next week, though, to really do a deep dive on it. Well, I'm willing to put a little bit of my foot in my mouth right now. Let's say my first three toes in my mouth. Uh, on the last episode, I said – last episode, listen to this. On the last uh, podcast, I, I mentioned that I, I had faith in Commissioner Ambrosi that he would you know, get both sides to get to an agreement, and I – think that this is a very good sign again for the ambrosi era that this thing got solved there's not going to be any bumps you know folks like bo levy mitchell were saying i don't want to go to camp because there's no cba but there will be one before the season and i think i like that this was seamless i like that you know this was under the uh radar whatever under the table however you want to say it and that it looks like we will play the season Without even noticing this. This isn't even going to be a footnote in history, which is the way CBA agreements should go. Yep, and let's hope it let's hope it all works out, but uh, everything we're hearing at this time sounds pretty positive. Okay, let's go to the next story. Uh, at first inclination, when I read this story, when I heard about this story, my thought was, here's another hit for the East. However... I may have changed my mind on this. Uh, the meat of the story is this. June Jones has left his head coaching capacity with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <sighs> More surprisingly, to take a job with XFL 2020. Uh, he, this decision came out literally like three days before camp started. Um, June Jones leaves the Hamilton Tiger Cats 14 and 22 over two seasons, plus one and one in the playoffs. Both of those games were last year. Jones himself said, I don't know if exactly upon leaving when the team made the announcement, but pretty close thereafter that, uh, quote, the experience of Timmy Condell as the new OC and Orlando Steinauer as head coach has left the Tiger Cats on solid footing. Now, I just want to say this. I was skeptical at first. You know, th this looks, especially to an American who's kind of like paranoid to these things, this looks like a disaster, uh, you know, from the outside. However, on the other hand, you know, 
I kind of tend to think that maybe Junes had discussed this with his other coaches beforehand because Steinauer is a pretty good replacement, especially on the fly. Now, he doesn't have any head coaching experience, but he was a player. I mean, geez, he won two great cups as a player and started as a coach in 2010. Uh, he's been on with the Argonaut staff. He's been with the Tiger Cat staff. Took a year, went to Fresno State as a defensive coordinator there. So I guess if you're going to make a move, especially in the East, which is exactly the powerhouse side of the CFL, the weak side of the CFL, let's call them, uh, this is an okay move, I guess. Joe, what do you think? Well, let's not forget that June Jones had already stepped down as a head coach and stepped into the offensive assistant role, and Steinhauer had been promoted to head coach already. So that move was already made. Uh, Condell being in place as well means that Condell will just step into the offensive coordinator role, and Jones is basically getting out of a situation where he might have been a third wheel at this point. Yeah. Because the people that were going to take this team forward are there, Steinhauer, Condell, uh, and who have been around the team at various points over the past five years. Yeah. So uh, Condell, I believe, leaving after 2015, and Steinhauer had that one year in Fresno. Uh, but other, but Condell st- stuck around the league. Steinhauer's been with the Tiger Cats most of that time, so yeah. they've been groomed to take these spots, uh, especially Steinhauer. That's been a long time coming for him to get that role. So I don't think we're going to see much adverse effect. I mean, June Jones was a stabilizing presence when they were 0-8, and 8, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm made things turn out a whole lot better than they could have. Uh, I believe that was the role he was meant to play there, though, and now it's time to see what what the future holds in him. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So it's kind of like a transitional coach because I was almost going to suggest that it was a stunt hire at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, there, there was no stunt to it. He did a fantastic job at what he was tasked to do, taking a team that was uh, – that was very disappointing to be just throwing that to be completely honest. They were very disappointing at 0-8. They were supposed to be a whole lot better than that. Didn't quite get them in the playoffs, but at least had us talking about playoff tiebreaker scenarios near the end. Yes, that's right. With an 0-8 team and the crossover potential, that's that's an achievement in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the L.A. Kings of that year. Um Right, yeah, uh, on Steinauer, yeah, he's been with the Tiger Cats with the exception of that one year off since 2013. And, in fact, last year's official title was assistant coach. So Jones isn't exactly leaving them in the lurch. Yeah, I got to wonder about him going to the XFL, but that's a story for another time. Uh, wow. Someday we're going to do the XFL 2020 podcast because <laughs> – <laughs> the, it's like the phenomenon of the rogue league has been replaced by the phenomenon of how can these people keep starting up rogue leagues knowing that they're going to fail. In any case, let's talk about our uh, probably third and final big headline piece. Uh, John Ryan, John Ryan, a punter of some note uh, in the NFL for a good 10, 11 years uh, of his career, has come back home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now, uh, John Ryan, of course, he's from the area. Uh, he was drafted by the by your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Joe. Played a couple of years there. Made the All-Star team uh, in 2013, 
I want to say. Oh, 2003. 2003. I'm sorry. I dropped yeah. that. Dropped that one. Uh, 2003. And then transitioned into the NFL. Spent a whole bunch of time with the – well, a couple of years with the Packers. And then many, many years with the Seattle Seahawks. Of course, got to the two Super Bowls with the Seahawks. Took a Lombardi trophy. Um I like this move on several levels for the Riders, as I'm sure Riders fans do. Uh, you know, of course, local boy coming back home, you know, as a conquering hero, even as you will. But the other thing to remember is, geez, Ryan is only going to be 38 by Grey Cup time. I mean, he might play for a few more years. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still got a ways to go before he hits Bob Cameron age. So yeah. he could be there for a decade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, they've already cut Josh Bartel. So it seems like they've made the decision just to go forward with John Ryan, <laughs> unless they have somebody else that I'm uh, blanking on at the moment, but they cut their punter from last year. So they're clearly leaning toward giving Ryan the job if they haven't outright done it already. Uh, but what got me, I don't even know what the word was. Um, <laughs> so the writers posted about the signing officially okay. saying, welcome, John Ryan. And then they had to go and twist the knife on me because they were <laughs> the gift of him making that pass for a touchdown in the <laughs> NFC championship game that I don't want to talk about, but I am anyway, because it's still burned in my brain. Oh, and man. It's like, really? You had to go. You had to go and you had to go and dig and take well, that dig. Like, really? I don't like you guys as it is. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're my nice favorite CFL team. I don't really hate you, but you're not really my favorite either. And then you're gonna go and twist the knife on me on a random Tuesday morning and just say yeah, that's I, that was a memory I did not want to you know, brought up that moment. Thank you very much. You know, I totally forgot about the Ryan pass. But when I was reading this thing, I'm like, hmm, okay, Joe might be interested in this guy. He played for the Packers a couple of years. Oh, he went to the Seahawks. Oh, he's on the Riders now. <laughs> I couldn't yeah, decide. Farmers, Packers, Seahawks, <laughs> Riders. At least he didn't make a stop in Minnesota before. Because <laughs> that would have just brought everything full circle. See, and, and to think the Bears probably could have used him last year. <laughs> in any case uh gee personally i wish john ryan a lot of luck uh i hope he has a great yeah. season i i have nothing against him i just wish yep. he wasn't so good at throwing a football at yeah uh <laughs> you you hope that he's good in 15 out of 18 games this year oh exactly <laughs> <laughs> right i can understand this I, no problem with that all righty let's uh we're just touching on a few things today so let's go on to our centerpiece our interview with Kevin Holden of CBS 58 in Milwaukee. We'll be right back after the bridge. Okay, and joining us is somebody that actually gets paid to talk about sports instead of uh, the couple of guys you've been listening to uh, for the beginning of the show. I'd like to bring in Kevin Holden from CBS 58 in Milwaukee. Kevin, how are you doing today? Joe, doing good, man. I um, Yeah, lucky enough to 
to, to do this for a living and to talk about sports. And uh, it's been a, a crazy time in Milwaukee. You've had the, the Bucks doing their thing. But as you know, it is always football season. It doesn't matter which side of the U.S.-Canadian border. It's always football season. Uh, you stole my thunder there, Kevin. I was going to come on and ask you, how about them Milwaukee Bucks? You want to give us a few lines about the Bucks? Yeah, they've. It's been a lot of fun, and, and of course, there's a Canadian connection here to the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, so they're playing against the Raptors. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what has happened to the to the franchise and the, and the downtown area together. Five years ago, they were in an old arena. The team is going nowhere. Nothing's happening. Now you have a star player in Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you should get paid to pronounce that name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you have a, a roster around him. You get a new arena. There's this district around the new arena where fans can come in. So it's it's been a ton of fun. And if the Bucks keep going to the NBA Finals, I, I think some people might actually learn where Milwaukee is on a map. How cool would that How be? How about that? Yeah, I know that we have some some of our friends down here that couldn't even find Canada on a map. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure finding Milwaukee might not be so good for them either. Uh, but yeah, so you so what you do is you're you're actually running the sports department at a at CBS 58 there so you've all you've got to deal with everything you've got to deal with brewers packers it's always packer season here bucks uh high school college college and mostly I'm sure Marquette gets in there too but I'm sure you talk a lot of badgers too so you've got your plate pretty full you got to know all you got to know everything about everything don't you yeah, it's it's, it's it's a fun thing because here at this job in this state in Wisconsin where there's sort of a year-round interest in what's going on, there's always something in season, which I like a lot. If it's not, as you say, it's always Packers season, but even when they're not playing games, you've got the Bucks who are doing well, the Brewers who've been doing very well, and you mentioned the college teams, Wisconsin and Marquette, and uh, you know the runs that they sometimes make in NCAA tournament runs. So we uh, – it. It, it is a fascinating thing to see our schedule put together. I, I should show it to you. There are three of us in the in the department, and to try to get everything together with with three people is completely crazy. We uh, basically we disappear in June and July every year, and then uh, we pretty much live at the office from the start of uh, Packers training camp on. Right. So June and July, those happen to be good CFL uh, times to get away if you'd ever like to. Now, uh, you want to tell us uh, again how you got into the league in the first place? Because this being a CFL podcast, we should get into that at some point here. I know you've told the story on the show before, but it's been a little while. So if you could refresh everybody's memory, that'd be great. I wish that there was some heroic story of, of how this happened, you know, that uh, that there was something that went back for me to, to childhood or that sort of thing. But what happened was uh, several years ago, four or five years ago, we, we took a trip to Toronto with a, a friend of ours. Uh, my wife and I were there with him, and we're there's a night, a random night, and we're, we're, you know, sitting at one of the fine establishments in Toronto. We're drinking a beer, and we're watching a CFL game, and my friend turns to me, and he says, let's play CFL fantasy football. I said, I, nice. I have to research it. I, I don't, I don't even know the specifics of, of how it would operate, you know, compared to the NFL. So we found out there was a website that had a, a league. Of course, the league was like eight weeks into the season. So we just sort of joined midstream, but I, I really, I enjoyed it a ton because it was, well, for one, it's, it, it's really underrated for the folks in the States that don't know they are missing out. It really is a lot of fun, but it's also, uh, it's it was a different type of fantasy preparation where 
you really had to pay attention, especially if you're on the uh, the south side of the border. You had to read newspaper articles to find out who was playing for what teams and who was hurt. You'd listen to podcasts. I mean, it was it, it was an interesting development of how the strategy went, and it reminded me of when I was younger playing uh, uh, fantasy baseball. You know, before all the internet stuff came around. So that, that's how it started. And then, of course, Joe, uh, we ended up joining in a league together, and, and I think the next year, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think we got to play two years before the site we played on uh, kind of just uh, petered out, unfortunately. And I should have, and I feel bad about not doing this off the top here, but I should have introduced you as CFL Fantasy Football Champion, Kevin Holden, because I do believe you <laughs> took me out in the finals one year. There is, there is a, a, a tremendous line from when that happened because when that when that championship was going on of course that's you're talking a little later now you're into the fall and it was in Packers season and there's a great story about being at a Packers game I think it was a Packers game waiting to do a live shot to be live on television and I'm watching on my phone refreshing the stats and that's when I found out I won the championship so I had this huge reaction on the sideline at Lambeau Field (laughs) and everybody walked up to me like what is wrong with you? Like, why are you reacting like that? Now? I said, I just won a fantasy championship. They're like, you can't. It's early November. You don't win a fantasy title right now. But then, you know, of course, I had to explain CFL. So the folks that thought I was crazy, now they think I'm even more crazy. Well, I get that same question, what is wrong with you, multiple times a day. But that's just for my wife. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Now, we actually uh, finally got to meet face-to-face, I want to say, like 10 days ago now, and you come up and you're wearing a Hamilton Tiger Cat sweater. Have you adopted them as a team, or do you just like the colors? <laughs> no, I, I actually do kind of like the, the Tiger Cats, but it's 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 more so because I, you know, when I first got into the CFL, I had one friend uh, in, in all of my friends' group that had any knowledge of the CFL at all. And it's an old uh, weather guy that I worked with. Years and years ago at a little station in Mississippi, he's since left the business and gone into saner things. But he uh, knew a li- enough about the CFL to be a fan of the Tiger Cats. And I don't even know why, but he sort of brought me into that. So I, I don't know if I call myself a full-fledged fan, but at least enough to get a hoodie. And it was the one CFL thing I knew I could wear and that you could identify me that way. Because who else at a Sabre meeting in Milwaukee would have a, a CFL anything on other than you and me? Right, right. <laughs> I, nice. The nice thing about the Brewers and the Bombers is they share a color scheme, and they share an old-school color scheme as well, so I could kind of mix and match and make it work any which way. So I had the Bomber cap on, he had the Tiger Cats shirt on, and it worked out. Uh, <laughs> pr- we saw each other pretty much right away, so it worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, actually there's some similarities, right? Just like the way the Brewers are scoring runs, Winnipeg was putting up the points last year, so that, uh, there's similarities there. Yes, they also have the similarity, and they disappoint the fans on a yearly basis too. But yeah, the uh, Brewers, the Brewers play in a better division too. I would also point out. <laughs> I'd give I'd give the Brewers a better chance in the East than probably my Alouettes this year. That's for sure. <laughs> well, well, as you you were you wanted to talk to Kevin about this potential Packer preseason game that's coming up in yeah. Winnipeg of all. Yeah, actually, uh, Kevin, perhaps I can hit you up for some information. I don't know if you know more than I do. Okay, so the story goes like this, that in May, 
I believe, uh, of this year, of last year, of this year, um, fairly recently, um, stated that they were going to play or they possibly were going to play an NFL preseason game in Winnipeg. Now, later on, about a week or two after that, they announced that the teams would be the Green Bay Packers and the quote-unquote Oakland Raiders uh, up there in Winnipeg. And that also, in addition, Kevin, that you would be doing the Spanish language broadcast of that. Now, my question is, is this going to happen? Is this game actually <laughs> going to happen? Because yeah. we, we, we'd heard the, the uh, announcement that, that something like this was going to take place. And mm-hmm. since then, the Packers have released their full preseason schedule, their regular season schedule. We know training camp dates. We know off-season activities. And yet somehow, for some reason, they still haven't finalized that game. So I, the right. only thing I know is that uh, Mark Murphy, the, the Packers president, was on the radio here in Milwaukee maybe a week ago, and he said he thought that, uh, that they would be making an announcement soon, that they were close to finalizing a deal. So it sounds like Winnipeg. Uh, I don't know much about the date, but I, if, you're, if you're asking my prediction, based on schedules and all that other stuff, I think it's that Saturday night. Is that August 24th? Yeah, it's supposed maybe? to be August 24th. Yeah, the August 24 is the date on the ticket sales websites, as well as both the Packers and the Raiders schedule that uh, that game is being played. Uh, it doesn't say where. It's funny because the Oakland Raiders website has it listed as being in Oakland. However, the league has said the fallback will be in Lambeau if the Winnipeg date uh, falls through. So. I think now correct me if I'm wrong, but or or correct me if you think I'm wrong. But my idea is this. The Raiders don't even know where they're going to play this season. You know, and I'm wondering if this is the problem. You know, I was almost wondering if, hey, maybe the Raiders should relocate to Winnipeg. To spend that 2019 in Winnipeg. Sure. Why not? Why not? (laughs) It'd be tough to work the schedule, but right, yeah, that's the and the other thing is, I I wonder about the field. This is the biggest question mm-hmm. I've had: is mm-hmm. a CFL field and an NFL field are two different things? They're two different links, two different yep. widths. There are other differences there. What that's the thing I wonder about is is how difficult is it to take a CFL field and make it ready for an NFL game? Is it a hard thing to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be a good. That would be definitely an interesting question. I'm sure if they're talking about it in the in the head offices that they can make it work, they would have to find a way to move the goalpost 10 yards at yes. one point. But that's it because they're 110 yards apart. Now they need to be 120 for an NFL field. But I'm sure they could find a way to move one of them 10 yards. and then you per, Or if they move both of them five, then you don't have to worry about tilting the field to one side of it or another <laughs> but i think i'm going i would definitely be interested in watching that one on tv just so i can take a look at it and go that looks really weird and why is the field so darn small <laughs> the sideline would be you know they like where the guys would be standing on the sideline would be what would be the field of play in a cfl game right that toward the the sideline right. in the cfl game yeah i'm just i'm fascinated by that Right. Yeah, well, it's going to be funny, too, because I, I have plans to go up to Winnipeg this year, but I have uh, plans to go two weeks after that game. So it's like uh, it's going to be really weird to see it on TV uh, in the NFL format 
and then go to it live and see it in its CFL, all of its CFL glory then, and just go, is this the same place? I know I've been here before, but this looks really weird again. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm going to propose another possible wrinkle that would that would we could have some fun with here. What if the Packers and Raiders played this game on a CFL field with CFL rules? Sure, that would be great. I would be in. Yeah, that would be I've, great. I've always wanted to see what Aaron Rodgers could do on a CFL field just with that much more room because it always feels like he's having especially in the last couple of years it feels like there's not enough room for his receivers to get open so he's resorting to a lot of the back 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 shoulder throws and trying to get the ball where it really can't go sometimes uh, but I'd love to see with that extra 10 yards what he could do to a defense well and- I'd, I'd like to see uh, what I've always wanted to see is these huge dudes in America that play on the defensive line and the offensive line. What happens if you put them a yard off each other? Oh, goodness. that's what yeah. I'd like to see. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I'd also like to see four linemen and four linebackers. That would be cool. You should make a play with 12 as well. <laughs> oh, that would be, be fun. Awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Just a, do you see how rough the American coaches have it when they come up to the CFL for the first time. Now let's have teams that have no concept of what's going on <laughs> with two coaching staffs that have no clue about what's going on. I mean, it's only, it's a couple years too late. The Packers might've had a huge advantage with Tom Clement sitting there being able yeah. to tell them, Hey, this is how it looks on a CFL field. But yeah, John, you know. John Gruden hardly knows how to play NFL in 2019. I don't, I don't know how he do in CFL. <laughs> All I know is I'd pay money. To, I'd pay money to see that happen. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. And, and as you know, a lot of the guys that play in pre his preseason, you get a little glimpse of some of the guys that'll be the starters, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, especially third preseason game. He'll play a little more than the others. But those guys that are playing in the second half of a preseason game, CFL teams are scouting them anyway because they're going to get dropped yeah. off rosters, and some of them will end up playing in the CFL. Why not give them a chance to taste the game before they have to go play it? I would just like to see um, what would happen the, with the NFL crowd watching the game the moment somebody says that somebody has scored a rouge. <laughs> or, or that or or can can you see, can you imagine like Twitter blowing up the first time Gruden has to punt on third down? <laughs> what the hell is he doing? What what is this? <laughs> He's lost it. That'd be great. Cool. Oh, man. That'd be great. This is great. Accurate <laughs> and hilarious at the same time with that, by the way. Exactly. Because they'd still be asking that question even if he did know what he was doing. Sure, but in all seriousness, to bring this full circle, uh, what Kevin was saying is not as unique as it sounds. I mean, there have been literally, I have seen thousands of Americans coming to the CFL at least to play the fantasy game, you know, at least to get in even on betting uh, before the NFL season starts. And I think that, I, I, you know, we like to joke about ignorance of the rules, but I, I think a lot of Americans are learning this game at least a little bit on the periphery. I think uh, awareness yeah, is expanding a little bit. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That's, and, and it's interesting because now you're starting to see 
uh, these these remote sites that operate through Las Vegas that will give you a chance to bet on CFL. Yeah, exactly. So this is something that it wasn't there a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. I have a, a coworker who just drilled it into my head when that first came about. He said, this is your chance to go make money, go do it. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, <laughs> you know the CFL probably about as well as the people making the lines in Vegas. You should go and bet and make money on the CFL. And I'm like, that's a pretty good idea. I, I never followed through, but it's not a bad call. Well, ask your friend if he's ever played CFL Pick'em. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, the best players of CFL pick. Well, you know, the average players of CFL pick them are lucky to get fifty percent. Then you're going to throw on a point spread as well. Jesus, I mean, I <laughs> I know I do a lot of gambling, man. Gambling the CFL is tough. <laughs> gambling, it's tough. It's tough. You got to really pick your spots. Uh, it looks easy, you know. There's only four games a week. Hopefully, in the future, five. Uh, but it's not. It's not. I mean, there's so many quote-unquote upsets in the CFL. It's tough to bet. It's tough to bet. That's true. And I, I learned uh, right after you said it, you know, you kind of do the sort of betting in your head where it's like, you know, if I had $100 right now, I would put 20 here and 20 here and whatever. Yeah. And I got annihilated. For the first time. <laughs> <laughs> it always feels like at least the first couple weeks that nobody knows anything oh, about yeah. anything oh, yeah. uh because you have games that you line up a three and 15 team again uh, from the year before against the team that went 10 and 8 and you're thinking this is easy this is going to be close and you're right it wasn't close except it was 41 to 9 the other way right 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 <laughs> well the thing is you know the thing that i always talk about too is if you look at the cfl schedule it's 18 freaking games, okay? This isn't college, you know, uh, U.S. college. This isn't NFL, you know, that's a lot of games. There's going to be, quote, unquote, upsets because, of course, nobody has gone 18 and 0 in the CFL. Has anybody even gone 17 and 1? Joe, I don't nope. think it's happened. Nope. 16 nope. and 2? 16 and 2 is the best that ever yes. happened. That's and right. don't ask our friends in Edmonton how that turned out. <laughs> Uh, do you ask your friends in Saskatchewan how that turned out for them? Yes. I'm sure they'll be happy to tell you. <laughs> and then you can talk about 13 men. <laughs> in any case. In any Probably case. not if you want to still make keep them as your friend. <laughs> so, Kevin, uh, with regards to this Raiders-Packers game in Winnipeg, if it comes off, um, Univision will be broadcasting it, and you'll be doing it in the Spanish language. Is that correct? It's, it's Telemundo, but yeah, that's uh, we. Oh, we're Telemundo! Doing, uh, I'm sorry. Telemundo, yeah. Telemundo, Wisconsin is our is our station, and we do. Uh, we picked up the Packers preseason rights. I think it was in 2012, and uh, we've kept them ever since. And it's uh, it, it's a it's a really cool thing, and it's a big challenge because obviously it's not quite the same as a regular season game uh, in the NFL. And so you have this different sort of uh, research that goes into it. Yeah. I, I spend more time studying for a Packers preseason game than anything else I Absolutely. do. And it's not the language that's the issue. It's the players. It's right. not knowing half these guys. Yep. 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 Unless you're, unless your team is on hard knocks. There's no way you're going to be able to dig to that 90th guy on the roster most of the time. Or unless he came from your alma mater, I guess. You can probably identify him. But, but whew, yeah, that's deep. Um, 
All right. So, okay. From your end, so you're from the broadcasting end. When do you expect to find out, you know, if you're going to schedule this game, <laughs> if you have to be there? I mean, I mean, and is this typical? I mean, do sports events cut it this close sometimes? No, this, this especially for something involving a, a, a National Football League franchise, mm-hmm. is just about unheard of. I mean, this is... Uh, right now at this moment, I can tell you everything else about the Packers season. They have a, a, a scrimmage that they play in front of the fans. It's basically a right. chance to get the team inside of Lambeau Field. It's called Family Night. Right. I can tell and you they the sell night. that out. Yes. Just yes. so you're aware of how crazy we are down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Practice. We're talking about practice. And they sell that out. So – I can tell you that. I can tell you the day of the Packers shareholders meeting, the first day of training mm. camp. I can tell you the whole schedule. So the fact that all of that is, has happened and they still have not nailed down this game means that something is, is really unusual. But you, you're talking about logistics when you were mentioning the whole, like, trying to get you know things together for it. I, this is one of those times when I'm real happy that I am a dude that just talks sports for a living because yeah. uh, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into this not just with the teams, but with our, our own broadcast team. So you, as you know, you have uh, a, a truck, as they refer to it, that, that brings the broadcast out. You know, it's got a satellite attached and all the different, you know, TV camera folks and behind-the-scenes people. And those people don't know right now if they're going to spend August 24th in Wisconsin, in Winnipeg, in Vegas. Like, I don't right. know. Yeah. No yeah. Where we're be. yeah. Right. Well, ostensibly, the league has the default as Wisconsin. So, so you know, in theory, if you're not doing it in Winnipeg, you're doing it in uh, Lambeau. On the other hand, you know, the, the Raiders right now are literally choosing between four cities, as far as I know. I mean, they're even considering playing a bunch of games in London this year, which would be... Oh, yeah. Insane. I think they, I think they finally finalized that last one year lease on Oakland that they needed, but oh, that good. date wasn't available because okay. of the athletics. So ah. they were at that point. That's when they had to go shop the game around. So I think they're going to be playing most of their home games in the black hole for in one Oakland. more time okay. around. Right. But then after that, it's uh, I believe Vegas will be ready. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah, it will be. Yeah, well, folks at Reno will be disappointed because that was in play for a little while, too. It'll be interesting for them. Uh, all right, uh, Joe, you got anything else? Let's see. I do want I, – I do hope that you get a chance, if they do broadcast the game in Winnipeg, to tell the story about the one time a game was delayed at that stadium <laughs> because of a moose. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was actually there and wondering what was going on. And then we realized that there's two entrance points to the stadium. And our my bomber friends could tell you much more, but this is on a campus. And it's kind of pushed back off the main off the main highway that cuts through the, the south center of town. Uh, so there's really only two entrances. And there was a moose just hanging out at one of them. So all the traffic had to go one way in. Mm. And that pushed the start of the game back, I want to say. 20 minutes to a half hour. <laughs> wow. This is the best. And, and I, 
I think if they play in Winnipeg, that they should, you know, for, to, to educate the, the American fans, the American teams that will be there, I think they should recreate it. Let's get the moose back out. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you know, Winnipeg has had a history these past few years. Now, not so much in August, but earlier in the season where you start the game and then all of a sudden there's a lightning storm. And you got to clear out the stadium for an hour and a half, and then the game gets done at like 1 a.m. local time. Um, so I'm hoping that if and you it get seems to, see to happen it. to the Tiger Cats, right? Exactly. Like Tiger Cats are there. Are, well, Tiger Cats one time, and there's the Eskimos last Eskimos, year. Eskimos, yeah. But but what was even the most funny part about that is that for Thursday nights they had a theme song last year called "Long Live the Night," and this was the first game of the season, so it was on a Thursday night. So it was literally long live the night that first night. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Kevin Holden, we thank you very much for being here. However, I'm going to ask you one more question before you get out of here, and this is really the main reason why I wanted you on the show. Uh, the first time we had sure. you on the Rouge, White, and Blue, I closed out with this question. I told you which of these three things is going to happen first. Okay, now obviously one of these things is out the window. You know, will Milwaukee get a professional uh, NHL team? Okay, so that's off the table. However, the other two possibilities, which maybe a year and a half ago I thought were a huge joke, are now in play. So, Kevin, I'll I'll re-up it for you. Which do you think will happen first? The Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA championship, or you get to broadcast a CFL game in Spanish? <laughs> so, oh wow! That's you might be jinxing yourself here. I'm warning you. You might be jinxing yourself. You're playing right. Canada's team, so be careful. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That part of it. Yeah, it's uh. And the funny thing was, there was a couple of years ago, we would have thought the Bucks were nothing more than a star player and a bunch of you know like throw togethers to make a team, but the Bucks look so good right now, and they. If they continue to play the way they played against the Celtics, I mean, yeah. they might sneak up on the Warriors this year. I'm going to say the Bucks win the win the title wow. before before I get to call the game. I think it's going to be the Bucks time. Wow! All right. Wow, that would be great for Milwaukee sports. Okay. Kevin, the sports director at CBS 58 Milwaukee, we thank you very much for coming on the show. We'll probably have you on again sometime. Good luck in August if you get to go to Winnipeg. Yeah, man, thank you. I'm happy to talk about this anytime because when I talk CFL at work, they just give me weird messages. <laughs> I to talk CFL with people who appreciate it, you know? Well, you and me both. That's actually pretty much why this show exists is because I, it's an outlet for us to talk CFL without being looked at cross-eyed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, are you kidding me? I'm I'm in Orange County, California. This is one of the worst sports markets I've ever seen. This is brutal out here. We wait until we're in the championship, and then every car has a flag of whatever team it is. Los Angeles Kings, <laughs> Anaheim Ducks, you know, Los Angeles Clippers a couple of years ago, which as a Lakers fan really rubbed me the wrong way. Thank you very much, Kevin Holden. Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
right, that was Kevin Holden. We're destined to have this guy back. Maybe we should have him back after the Bucks win the championship. I'll tell you what, if the Bucks do win the championship against the Warriors, we're having him back. We gotta get well, him. Well, we're having him back anyway. But I mean, that's yeah, awesome. for that specific reason, yeah. if you want to celebrate with him on air, I'll let you do that. <laughs> because that's yeah, that's uh that would be in okay, so that would be well, that would be tough to schedule around the opening weekend. Yay! But uh We'll have him on if, if that prediction gets right. And if it doesn't, we'll have him on later on in the season. In any case, all right, so how much time do we have left? I see that CFLCA has put up the preseason schedule on their homepage uh, starting on May 26th with a Sunday game between BC and Edmonton. Um, what do we got to look forward to, Joe? What are we doing next week? Do you know? Next week, I have some ideas, but i got to run them by you first. So I really, <laughs> I really can't throw a tease at you yet because I have to know if it's going to work first. Oh, okay. Uh, great. Well, on that, how about a tease of a tease? You've got to love that, fans of the Rouge, White, and Blue. We'll sign a tease of a tease. Uh, either, ne- either next week or the week after, assuming we can make the dates work out because, unfortunately, our normal recording time doesn't work for him over the next few weeks. So oh. we have to play a little bit with the schedule if need to make this work. But if so, we can have somebody come on that can talk about how Ricky Ray had such a wonderful season one year. It literally broke his game engine. Wow. Okay, I'm intrigued. Uh, if that's not a tease, I don't know what it is. For the Roots White and Blue and my co-host Joe Pritchard, I'm Oz Davis. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Roots White and Blue. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.